This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. This is comfort food. And I think that's the missing piece here, that a lot of times what we dub kids food is actually just comfort food. But it gets so simplified and it's been co-opted by fast food that it's become kids food. And actually, you know, we can take it back. (laughs) Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hey, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stacy. What yes. have you been up to lately? We haven't done a personal check-in in a while. I'm like, on your Instagram, where you're <laughs> at Stacey Billis, and it's kind of like crickets. It What's is crickets. Up? I kind of signed off. I haven't been on in ages. I don't know. We're, we're recording a little bit ahead because we're organized. And um, so maybe I'll be back. I don't know. It's January. I think I needed a breather. But you know what? At Stir and Scribble. Where are you? (laughs) It's not like you've been posting. Same. Okay. I want to mention that you said like off the recording that being off Instagram has been refreshing for you and that you've really enjoyed it. I have a weird thing that happens to me sometimes. Like I think we've talked about this a little bit. I have some just like generalized anxiety and depression. and, And while I work with a health professional to deal with that, there are just times where I like kind of get reclusive and Instagram makes me feel uncomfortable during those times. So I kind of like step back. I I feel like that's like maybe too honest. Uh, I feel like it's weird in some ways to talk about mental health. No. We're talking about food, but um, yeah. So sometimes when I don't, it's this weird rule I have for myself where like, if I don't feel like posting on Instagram, I don't post on Instagram. I think that's, I haven't been. I think that that's great. I mean, honestly, for me, it's been a little bit different. I feel like my account was really stuck. I feel like I was putting in a lot of time and effort and the content is really great. Beautiful. You have like a beautiful highlight thing at the top and you've got a lot of great stories that you've saved and you post, you do this great job of posting recipes to your Instagram, which I never do. Yeah, so I was really, really proud of it. But you know, I've had the account a long time. I've switched. I abandoned it when I was helping build a different account. And like, I've just, I've done a lot of things wrong with the account over the years. And I've just started putting the energy into it in the last like six to 12 months. So, you know, it just wasn't growing and it just was frustrating me. And I just want, you know, it's the same thing. At the end of the day, I think both of us want to be helpful to parents and authentic. 
And, you know, when the content isn't hitting and it isn't making me happy and I feel like I'm not reaching parents, it's like, okay, well, then I need to take a breather and think about like what I want and what I want to be doing here in this space and with this space. And I just needed to take a break to figure that out. And maybe it'll just be returning and continuing to build it and reach who I reach, or maybe it'll be something else. I'm not quite sure yet. I'm excited to see that it might be something else. I know you have some ideas brewing. I do have some ideas. But, (laughs) you know, reaching parents and being authentic is what I think really drives both of us. So I appreciate you sharing, and I don't think it's oversharing. I think that's why we both get along so well and why we do this project together. Yes. And why we're going to talk about chicken nuggets today. (laughs) Because does it get more authentic than that when you're talking about feeding a family? No, it really doesn't. And we have got some really great feedback on the episode we did on nachos. And so we want to continue to do some single subject ones. And I think chicken nuggets are kind of like a hot button issue in the world of parenting and food, which is (laughs) hilarious. Hilarious. You guys, it's breaded chicken. Like, what are we getting fired up about? And almost every cuisine has some kind of breaded chicken But in the United States, we have this weird love-hate relationship with chicken nuggets. So you were saying before we hopped on, you never really buy frozen chicken nuggets. I have never in my life, I swear to God, purchased a frozen chicken nugget. My kids have never had a frozen chicken nugget in my house. I think that's bull. (laughs) I swear to God. Oh, I want to like see the receipt. I want to see receipts, Stacey. I swear to God, I've never done it. Because you don't like chicken nuggets because you haven't found a brand that you love or you feel like well, they're bad. It's like, it's like you said, it's a frozen chicken cutlet. I mean, yeah. it's uh, not frozen. <laughs> I was saying that because we were talking about frozen nuggets. Yeah. It's a it's a breaded chicken cutlet. Yeah. So you if can make we that want home. that, I just bread a chicken cutlet. Like that feels easy to me. Now, no judgment if that doesn't feel easy to you because I get that it takes multiple steps and that's not easy. So absolutely no judgment if you've purchased it. But like to me, given that I'm a recipe developer, that I like cooking, that I can check a whole bunch of boxes that tons of other family cooks can't or don't check then, you know, for me, it's just not like, okay, it takes me like two seconds to, you know, do it and just fry it in the pan and call it a day. It takes me like two seconds. (laughs) And we're going to talk about why. Oh, come on, Megan. It takes you two two seconds too. It just may be not how you choose. There are so many parents listening right now who are like me. Okay, fine. This Stacy. Um, Uh, I'm going to, okay, editor. I'm sorry. I'm editor. Uh, please splicing clip of Megan talking about how much she loves packing school lunches and yes. also clips of Megan talking about how she loves making classroom treats here. Yes, do it. I don't care. It's fine. So chicken nuggets are your thing. I'm going to be uh, Chicken cutlets are my thing. Chicken cut- I get it. I know. And you were, you're, you're, you've been working for the last year on a chicken cookbook. So yes. probably it is like <laughs> it so is, much. It's literally my thing. <laughs> it's so much muscle memory for you. That's how yes. I feel about baking. Like it's so easy to make cookies for me because it's so much muscle memory. Yeah, which but that is insane to me. I, I want to purchase that pre-made cookie dough. So many times. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
Because you're probably like, are you kidding? Just whip up chocolate chip cookie dough. And like 90% of the time, yes. Sometimes, oh my God, just give it to me. And I know it doesn't even taste like half as good. I don't care. But that's that's exactly the same thing with why I do keep frozen chicken nuggets in the house. Because there are times where I'm just like, I can't deal with dinner. I've been in the kitchen all day doing something else that maybe I don't think my kids are going to eat. And like, I just need a dinner win and I need to not think about it. I, I, get I it. love a frozen chicken nugget. And same thing. They're, they're, I've done a whole review of fr- like the big brands of chicken nuggets. I love the Bell and Evans brand. If you can find it, it's more expensive than any of the other ones, like significantly more expensive. And I seem to be only able to find them at Whole Foods, but they're worth it to me. But even those, like this, high, it's a high quality brand of chicken nuggets don't taste as good as a homemade version. And I know that, but it's like you're saying about chocolate chips, like, oh my God, sometimes I just can't even deal. And I don't care that it doesn't taste as good because my kids are happy and they're eating it. And I don't have to clean up the different pans, pl- plates from breading chicken. Yes. I hear yes. you. No judgment. And like the thing is, for me also, because I love a breaded chicken cutlet so much, like if I want, we all have those go-tos, right? Those yes. go-to meals. Like if I need that win, like I'd rather just pop a like sausage in yeah. the oven and have that roast or scramble eggs. Like yeah. those are my like go-to 10-minute dinners, just not chicken nuggets because I like the taste will disappoint me. And I'm like, ugh, I should have just put in the extra like – 15 minutes and done it myself. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. That's how it makes me feel inside. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love I it so much. I think that's really fair. And I just want to be the person who says, I think that every parent should have both. Like, I think you should find a chick- a frozen chicken nugget brand or chicken strip brand that you feel comfortable feeding your kids that you like. And then you should also master a recipe that works for you at home from scratch, because I think there's value to both of them. And I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to say that, yes, there's, I have no, I do not judge if you decide to have both, but also like if you decide that a frozen chicken nugget just doesn't taste that great to you, maybe on those nights you're a hot dog person. I will never be a hot dog person. Oh my God. I love hot dogs. We will totally, I will buy hot dogs before chicken, frozen chicken nuggets any day. Oh my gosh. So funny. My, that's one of those like dad dinners when I'm out of town. Dad dinner. Brian buys hot dogs because he loves hot dogs and the kids love hot dogs. And so that's one of his things that he cooks. And it's like really special to have hot dogs with dad. Brian fed my boys hot dogs. Yeah, it is oh my a, gosh, Brian dinner. <laughs> it's a Brian dinner. I love it. Okay, we okay. love hot dogs in my house. Okay, uh, to bring it back, uh, I chicken don't. nuggets. I bring it back to I chicken eat, nuggets. I eat like two two hot dogs a year, and oh I prefer my God, are you to kidding? be. Yeah, and I prefer it to be like at a baseball stadium. That's like the requirement uh, okay. for me. I like it's hard not to serve hot dogs once a week in the summer at my house. Just do it. Do it. I mean, mean, you do it. They're a little gross, but um, anyway, that's a whole separate subject. I think we live in a time now where there's probably like a quality hot dog that you can feel good about feeding your family. I think Brian likes the Applegate ones. And then there's one other local brand. I feel like there's one other local brand that he really likes. 
Um, my so friend I, has a hot, like, has a sausage making company, and they make delicious hot dogs. I'll okay. link to it on the site. But anyway, you should. Yes. Okay, but I want to bring it back to this idea that to chicken nuggets. Yes, and actually, I want to pull a clip from season one where we had Melissa D. Arabian on, and she talked to us about. Which, if you don't know Melissa D. Arabian, she's a Food Network star. Um, she's written several cookbooks, uh, really around budget dinners, and she talked to us about how. The reason you should master a chicken nugget recipe for your family is that it'll save you more money and it'll be more healthful. Chicken nuggets are on the table as part of the meal. Now, maybe they're just the side dish now, but you know what? They're a side dish for you too. Because then what that, what that does is that invites our kids into not having their own separate food identity, but sharing a food identity as a family. So if you've got chicken nuggets and quinoa and salad and all these things up there. Now they may have three chicken nuggets and you may just take one and chop it up and put it on your salad. But now it's no longer this kind of, you have a kid identity. Oh, I have an adult identity. Let's all participate and share one meal because if you eat their chicken nugget, even half a one or on your whatever, or if it's just on the table, it invites them to eat your quinoa. We don't want to, you know, I have four daughters. I kept saying to my husband, we have to be careful in this picky eater thing because I don't want to raise girls who who are told, well, eat the broccoli even if you don't like it, you know, your opinion doesn't matter. Like that's that's not my goal here. <laughs> so we want we're raising we're raising we're raising human beings here who um, we want them to have opinions and we want them to know that their opinions count and they're allowed to say no and and say they don't like something. They can't say that about everything, but they that that it that is a valid um, you know dissent is valid. Do you, I feel like, Stacey, you're just itching to tell us about chicken nuggets because this is like your zone. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally agree. I think that, you know, making them at home. Okay. There's so many reasons. One is <laughs> we talked about taste already. Okay. Yes. So, like, that's a big one for me personally. Like, forget about the kids. There have been a lot of recalls on chicken lately. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because it seems like once a year, twice a year, some brand, even brands that we consider quality brands, have a recall on frozen chicken nuggets. Yeah, it's actually a pretty big deal. Um, and when I was doing research for the cookbook, which will be coming out next year in 2020, it has a lot to do with the processing. And even these big organic brands, now because there's such a high demand for organic chicken in particular have these huge processing plants yeah so you know you're gonna get contamination because it's less it has less to do with the way that the chickens are raised and more to do with the way that they're processed afterwards so there you go uh one thing that you can look for if you're not going to get a super expensive like either from your local farm or very teeny tiny local brand chicken is to look for um, air chilled and not water chilled bird and air chilled just means right after I'm gonna get a little bit graphic here so um, I don't know if anyone listens with kids but in case you do and you haven't spoken to your kids about um, where chicken and where come meat from. comes from mm -hmm. this would be a good time to pause the podcast um, but once chickens are killed they're drained, they're plucked, and then they are chilled typically in mass. And this is usually done in a water bath. Um, so 
that can cause contamination because bacteria can spread in water. Um, this also causes the bird to retain water, which can affect tastes and texture. So in general, I prefer air chilled birds. They're just better quality overall, but also it can reduce the likelihood of contamination. And when it's air chilled, all that means is that the birds are basically, um, hung and circulated in open air in a very, very cold room, which brings them down from, you know, their warm body temp pretty quickly within three hours down to a particular temperature, which makes them food safe very quickly because that's what the um, USDA requires. So that's something to look for. So that's one thing to consider. Do you always buy chicken breast for making chicken nuggets? Do you ever buy chicken thighs or do you process like a whole chicken? When you're talking to us about looking for air chilled chickens, like can we find air chilled chicken breast or thighs for nuggets? Yes. So you can okay. find air chilled chicken, like, you know, it, that's how the bird is processed. And then that will be sold as a whole bird, as chicken breast, as chicken tenders, thighs, whatever it is. It's usually by brand, although some brands will um, sell you water chilled or air chilled. Now, the cut. I don't make my, I don't use thighs for chicken nuggets or chicken tenders or chicken cutlets. Do you? Generally speaking, no. Yeah. But I have done in the past like weird chicken recipes for other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking specifically of at one point in time I was working with Alton <laughs> Brown to <laughs> just got that. You're like other people. <laughs> other people. Um, well, I think there's been other publications that I've worked yeah. for, but I'm thinking specifically this one with Alton Brown, where we were trying to use ground chicken mm. to make a chicken nugget that was more like a fast food chicken yeah. nugget. Yeah. Yeah. So the, otherwise, uh, um, occasionally thighs, because I think thighs are really flavorful. Definitely. But I'm more likely to use a chicken breast. To yeah. Make nuggets. I think yeah. thighs, are, they are definitely more flavorful. They have more fat. They're dark meat. But I just don't think that they work as well for a chicken nugget or a chicken cutlet. So I like using, I like using a thin cut cutlet. Okay. And I like breaking down a whole chicken. It's more economical. And actually, Melissa de Arabian talked to us about this as well. So if you're really budget conscious and you're willing to put in the work... The way that you're going to save the most money is to buy a whole chicken and to break it down yourself. I know that's asking a lot. I mean, this is for like a hardcore home cook or someone who's like really like on a tight budget and like willing to put in the time. You'll get used to it. You can break down a chicken in like 10 or 15 minutes once you start to get used to it or even less time. But um, another thing to do if you want to save money but not break down a whole chicken is to buy a chicken breast and not the pre-made thin cutlets. Those are going to be cheaper by the pound than cutlets. And then you can butterfly the um, chicken breast yourself. And all that means is taking a knife, a big chef's knife, right? Or you can take a boning knife, but it's easier with a chef's knife. And you want to put your hand, the palm of your hand on top of the chicken breast, go to the thickest part of the breast and just slice right through it laterally but not all the way to the other side, right? Just kind of cut through it and making sure you don't cut through it all the way. And then you kind of open it like a book. And it's actually because of the shape of the chicken breast, it's gonna end up looking like a butterfly. And that basically thins it out into a thin cutlet. 
And then you can either have one big, thin, butterfly-shaped cutlet, or you can split it down the middle and have two thinner cutlets, which is what I tend to do. And then you can leave that hole and have a cutlet, or you can cut it into strips to have strips, or you can cut it into nuggets and have nuggets. That's because I like thin. It fries up more quickly or bakes up more quickly. An alternative is to take a chicken breast and then just cut it into like shapes, if your kids like shapes, or little round nuggets, or whatever you want. And one quick pro tip if you're gonna butterfly a chicken breast or cut it up and you're having a hard time, it's a little bit slippery, you can just pop it in the freezer for like five minutes, five, eight minutes or so, and that won't freeze it, but it will make it so that it's just a little bit more firm and easy to work with. Or you can also just spray your knife with a little bit of water that also gives it a little bit of grip. How do you cut up your chicken or like what cut do you use? Do you buy pre-cut tenders or what do you do, Megan? I generally, if I'm making chicken nuggets, I buy breast and sometimes I buy like um, skin on bone in breasts and then just butcher them myself. And then that way I can use the bones and the skin to make stock, Mm -hmm. Um, usually in my instant pot, which we had a whole episode about that. It kind of depends. I think what you're talking about when you but when you're talking about butterfly is more like a fried chicken cutlet, which is delicious, but it's not a nugget. It's not nugget enough. Yeah, I don't I don't nugget my <laughs> For kids my don't kids. nugget. Um so the smart thing about doing a butterfly is that instead of cooking like 10 to 20 little pieces at a time, you're cooking like four butterfly breasts to feed your family. And it's a little bit faster, not only from a cooking standpoint because it's thinner, but also because you're dealing with fewer pieces. So I think that's really smart. But for my kids who are a little bit younger and maybe like they want the true nugget experience, I tend to take the breasts, take the skin and bone off, save those for stock. Like I just pop them in a freezer bag immediately and freeze it. So I don't have to deal with it like on a Wednesday night and then cut the chicken breasts into small pieces. This is why I make my own. Because <laughs> I don't, that's why I said, oh, it takes me no time. But yeah. you're totally right. You're totally right. I've always done cutlets. Which is great. Like I think that the 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 interesting takeaway there is that you're setting your kids up for like this is the nug the version of a nugget in our house. And I think it's important to talk about because for someone listening who is like totally relying on frozen chicken nuggets. We should talk about all of the different variations that, like, you can get to the point where your kids are eating chicken cut, breaded and fried chicken cutlets, which will be easier and cheaper for you to make. But there's some stops in between to, like, get your kids used to the idea that, like, we're not having the dino nuggets anymore. Right. You mean if they're already started. Yes. If they're, like, kids are... They're cooking frozen chicken nuggets once a week, and it's like the dino nuggets. They're shaped like a dinosaur, so it's like super fun, and their kids come to expect that. Like, okay, the next step is figuring out a nugget that your kids will like the flavor of. So you're buying the chicken breast. I would even say if, like, you're going from a frozen nugget to trying to get to a chicken cutlet, start by buying, like, chicken tenders. They're yeah, a little I was bit more say expensive, yep. but they're already – processed for you. Like you don't have to do any cutting or trimming. You can bread those. And even like if you if you're intimidated by trying to buy like panko breadcrumbs and the other ingredients that you might want to make chicken nuggets at home, like shake and bake is great. Buy the shake and bake box and like learn from that. 
And then slowly, like, the next time you decide to make chicken nuggets or, like, in a couple months when you decide to make chicken nuggets, buy the breadcrumbs and buy the real ingredients. Sort of like what Melissa D. Arabian said is, like, if you slowly transition over time from, like, the frozen chicken nuggets, which are kind of expensive, like, cost per ounce, to, like, a homemade chicken cutlet, you can do it in a budget way by, like, slowly adding those ingredients to your pantry and to your freezer. That's right. And I would say that it's like shapes to round or to round small pieces to strips to then cutlets. Yes. Although we do strips at home all the time too. Like that's, that's, that's nearly as easy as cutlets. I mean, strips aren't a very big deal and going from buying the strips, which are more expensive to just buying either, you know, the boneless skinless chicken breasts or doing what you do, which is smarter which is the next step, the bone-in skin-on breast, or taking the next step and breaking down the whole bird, you know, and then cutting into strips is really not a big deal. That's like one extra step that takes, you know, all of two minutes. But strips are a very good, like, in-between step. Yes. And I think, uh, to me, one of the cool things about cooking, quote-unquote, kid food is, like, there's lots of different ways to do it. Like, how I do it for my kids and worse for our family is not the way that you do it, but it still works for your family. So, like, you get to kind of, like, experiment and figure out, like, okay, my kids really love it when I put, like, garlic and onion powder in the breading. Or maybe your kids really like it, like, a little spicy or you can incorporate some fresh herbs. And if you're a mom or if you're a parent, excuse me, a parent who's, like, really burnt out on cooking chicken nuggets, like frozen chicken nuggets, it's a nice way to like experiment and find some different flavors too. And the amazing thing to me is that this idea of a breaded chicken piece, (laughs) boneless piece, has become kids' food. Because in all these different cultures, like you said at the top of the episode, it's actually sophisticated food, sophisticated, simple home cooking. I mean, in Italy, in France, and all these places, I mean, if you were to serve a breaded chicken cutlet with a shaved fennel and celery and apple salad on top, you know, you can get that done really well in a restaurant and it'd be priced really well and it'd be beautiful and you'd be super happy. Like, this is not necessarily kids' food. This is comfort food. And I think that's the missing piece here, that a lot of times what we dub kids' food is actually just comfort food, but it gets so simplified and it's been co-opted by fast food that it's become kids' food. And actually, you know, we can take it back. Yes, Stacy. You know? Take it back. Yeah. Okay, we talked about chicken. Let's talk a little bit about breading because yes. good, 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 I good. think okay, so when you're in culinary school, which everyone went to culinary school was listening, right? I'm joking. Um <laughs> they teach you the standard breading procedure mm-hmm. for like any kind of fried chicken, which is you have a dish of flour and maybe mm-hmm. the flour is seasoned. You have a dish of eggs. Mm-hmm. And then you have a dish of, like, breadcrumbs or whatever other coating. And so it's, like, a three-step process. You dip your chicken in the flour, then the egg, then the breading. Um, I feel like that's kind of a pain in the ass. That's (laughs) what I do. I bet you do. I still do it. I um, have a recipe on the kitchen, which we'll share in the show notes, where I figured out that you can do this, 
like take one freezer bag and put your like eggs, a little bit of mayonnaise, which is like one of yep. my favorite secret ingredients, yep. and a little bit of flour all together in one bag and shake them up. And then move the chicken, like coated chicken, to another bag with your panko breadcrumbs or crackers or whatever coating you want to use. And so that saves me a step. And that's how I like to do my coating. Love it. I love it. Mayonnaise is a secret ingredient for chicken. Mayonnaise is wonderful for chicken. It like keeps it juicy and moist and it's wonderful. It also um, helps make the chicken crispy if you're going to cook it in the oven rather than yes, like I, pan fry it. I was going to talk about like that in a second. You pan fry. I do both. So okay. I'm going to talk about the oven in a second. But what I do is I do the three-step process. And what I usually do is I do all the flour first. So I just yeah. put flour on a plate basically. And I season it with salt and pepper, or I put it in a bag sometimes, but I don't like wasting the bags. I know. To be honest. So that's my thing. I think that's fair. So I just put it on a, like in a very shallow wide bowl or a plate. And I do all the flour first, because I find that if you're not going to use bags for all, for both steps or for all three steps, depending on how you do it, if you do like flour you know, then the egg dip and then the breadcrumbs, your fingers are going to get disgusting and it becomes very difficult to manage the process by the end. So do all the flour first and just like pile the chicken up. It's fine on top of each other. It's not ideal, but you're a home cook. You're not like a chef at a fancy restaurant. Do all the flour first, then get rid of that plate then I do the egg dip and the breadcrumbs, egg dip, breadcrumbs, egg dip, breadcrumbs. And sometimes I'll put the breadcrumbs in a bag, but whatever. And then I'll either pan fry or I will put it in the oven. If I put it in the oven, for me, the deal is I put about a tablespoon of olive oil for every cup of breadcrumbs, approximately. Ooh, I like that ratio. Yeah. And I'll That's just, helpful. with my fingers, and I always, almost always use panko breadcrumbs at this point, use, work the oil into the breadcrumbs with my fingers. And I usually put the herbs or spices or whatever. It's usually fresh herbs I put into the breadcrumbs as well. I just work it with my fingers so that the breadcrumbs have a little bit of oil on them. And then when the fingers, tenders, cutlets, whatever they are, go into the oven, that helps them crisp up and get brown. So smart. I'm not doing that. Do you know what I do do, though, with my my breadcrumbs when Tell I'm me. going to <laughs> Tell me. when I'm going to do them in the oven? While the oven is preheating, I spread my panko out onto my baking sheet and toast it. So it gets ah. that like gorgeous fried color without me actually frying them. Love that. And then, you know, if I'm not satisfied at the end with the color, I'll also just take a little oils, like a spray oil. Yeah. And I'll just spray them and like quickly put them under the broiler. Ooh, that's smart. <laughs> and just like, yeah. here's a like final little toast to get that like beautiful golden brown color. Because yes. I don't like overcooking chicken. Chicken has to be like juicy and tender. You really don't have to cook it long. Do you think that's the biggest mistake that home cooks are making when they make chicken fingers is they're overcooking them? hundred percent. So what the three things we learned this episode, how to not overcook your chicken nuggets is slice your chicken thinly so it cooks quickly. 
toast your breadcrumbs so you don't have to like overcook them to get the color that you want. And using lots of like fat, either the mayonnaise up against the chicken yeah. as a part of the coating or putting some olive oil in your breadcrumbs. I love it. So I want to know, how do you season, just very quickly, how do you season, what are different ways that you season your chicken tenders, chicken fingers, nuggets, whatever you want to call them? Okay. I love a couple of things. One is just straight up like salt, pepper, garlic, and onion powder. Yeah. So those are always on hand and they're really easy to add. And I just feel like they taste more like fast food nuggets with that. We love ranch powder. And I we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we talk about sauces here in our lightning round. I always buy the like Hidden Valley ranch powder and sometimes coat my chicken with that. So it's like ranch chicken nuggets. Nice. I don't use a lot of fresh herbs for chicken fingers or nuggets or cutlets, but lots of dried herbs. So sometimes just like thyme. I think my kids love that. Never spicy. You know, I have some a spice-averse yes. seven-year-old yeah. right now. But do you do spices in yeah. your breading? Yeah. I mean, not in the breading. So our, my go-to is like fresh thyme and fresh oregano. Okay. Sometimes I'll add a little um, fresh lemon zest in there too. Ooh, that's a good one. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Old Bay. <laughs> what? That's so smart. I love Old Bay. <laughs> so we'll add Old Bay sometimes. And then also like, uh, I was going to use explicit language, a metric ton of um, <laughs> garlic powder and onion powder too sometimes. Yes. Like yes. that's like, that's the basic. And then lately, this is a little sneak preview of the cookbook. I've, we've gotten obsessed with cacio pepe chicken yes. fingers. So Parmesan and black pepper. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Just like a, like a lot of black pepper. So that, that actually gives a little bit of bite. I had to like roll it back a little bit because Oliver was like, these are spicy. <laughs> I want to do that right this. now, Stacey. Yeah, because well, I we had like I made a like cacio e pepe um, pasta and then we put grilled chicken on top. And then I was like, wait a minute. What if I did the chicken tenders in the cookbook like this? What if I made them cacio e pepe chicken tenders? And then I tried it and I was like, this is really good. Of course, it's really so, good. It's cheese and pepper. I know. It's a lot of cheese and a lot of pepper <laughs> on your chicken fingers. So that's the latest. All right. So okay. speaking of flavoring your chicken tenders. It's time for our lightning round. Lightning this round. This is where we just like shout out our favorite recipes that are related to whatever the topic is. But we want to talk about sauces or I want to talk about sauces because Ella, my seven-year-old, is obsessed with dips. Like she will eat anything with a dip in it, but I think in particular chicken nugget, there's like this great appeal to her of like chicken nuggets or tenders and some sort of dipping sauce. Um, shout out to ketchup. I feel like ketchup gets a <laughs> yeah. bad a bad a bad rap. Why? Why does ketchup get a bad rap? Because it's kind of sugary. I don't know. I mean, I think ketchup's good, and I think there's only one brand too. I'm not gonna even oh. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why you should say. All right, Heinz. I love you. You feel like Heinz is the brand, huh? I do. Okay. All right. I feel like we need to do a ketchup taste test or something. <gasps> that would be good. That would be fun. Um, yogurt ranch, we do a lot. Like I said, we buy the Hidden Valley dry seasoning. I know I can make it myself, but I grew up with Hidden Valley ranch always in the fridge, and there's some nostalgia for me. And I feel like mixing, like taking Greek yogurt and mixing in a tablespoon of the Hidden Valley seasoning kind of gets me to this sweet spot of like my nostalgia, but also feeling like, I'm not serving my kids a bunch of processed food. 
which is sometimes important to me and sometimes not, to be quite honest. <laughs> Do you want to you want to hear something else? I've never yeah. I've never once purchased ranch dressing. Stacy, I swear to God. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like some kids are not into it. I'm really I My love kids, ranch dressing I don't know. and Ella loves ranch. I I've made ranch dressing. They like it. Stacy, I don't this is upsetting to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never purchased ranch dressing. <laughs> okay. So wait, what <laughs> dips are your kids using when you have chicken cutlets? <laughs> I'm actually looking through my cookbook. I was like, did I've made a buttermilk ranch dressing? Is it in Make It Easy or is it was it just on my blog? I'm gonna look because yep, buttermilk, dill, or ranch dressing is in Make It Easy. Okay, okay. I was like, I know I've made my own ranch dressing, and it was really, it's really good. But mm. what is in your fridge right now that your kids? I don't would buy have salad dressing. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you have to buy salad dressing. Okay. But like, oh, what's in my fridge? Okay, ketchup. We always have ketchup. Okay. We have Dijon mustard, but they don't use that. We don't dip our chicken fingers and stuff. But, oh, barbecue sauce. We always buy barbecue sauce. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Love barbecue sauce. I think barbecue sauce is underrated. I will eat barbecue sauce off of my fingers. (laughs) Wow. Ever since I was little. Yeah, like I just dip my fingers in there. Let's have a whole episode that's hot dogs and barbecue sauce. (laughs) Mm, And I like wrapping I like wrapping bacon around hot dogs too. Oh my gosh, we really do have to have a whole hot dog yes. episode. Okay, so you're only I clearly you're, like you have, pork. Products. You have two so, dipping no, sauces okay. in your house. I do. We like my kids love chimichurri. We've done oh. that with chicken, but I don't know that they've never had it with like a breaded chicken. You should fix that. Because that would be delicious. Yeah. So you know what else we do with breaded chicken, though? I do a lot of, like, salads and slaws on top of chicken. Mm-hmm. So, like, cubed avocado and, like, cubed cherry tomatoes I'll throw on top of chicken breaded chicken cutlets. Both of my kids love fennel. These are not sauces. So I'm, like, That's fail. okay. And then epic fail at this lightning round. They like uh, shaved, really thinly shaved fennel. That I'll just toss with like lemon juice and we'll put that on top of a breaded chicken cutlet. Like a corn salsa we'll put on top of like a breaded chicken cutlet. Like I do that like Italian thing where, you know, you put a little arugula like they like on top of a breaded chicken cutlet. So we do that more than like dipping sauces besides barbecue sauce and ketchup and mustard. Like those are the sauces we have in the house. I love oh, you. Sriracha. <laughs> and I, I love you, but I feel like we're going to get a lot of hate mail about okay. Stacey's salad. Fine. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Because to your <laughs> earlier point, if you want to have chicken nut, if you want to have a chicken cutlet that doesn't feel like kid food, make the chicken cutlet, pull out the ketchup for your kids, and make a beautiful slaw or salad for yourself. I like arugula and like a simple olive oil, lemon juice yeah, dressing. Yeah, that's all we put on it. Yep. And Parmesan. And that's like one of those salads that I can put on a chicken cutlet and feel like, oh, this is really good grown-up food. I just feel like I need to defend myself a little and remind everyone that I wasn't <laughs> raised by Americans. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Okay. I want everyone to remember that I wasn't raised by Americans. We still love you. All right, We still you. love you. Okay. Oh, peanut sauce. They love peanut, peanut sauce. Peanut sauce is a great one. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. It's a really, really good one. I also want to say, because I'm like, oh, I've never done like any sort of like tahini sauce Mm. or even hummus as a dip. But it did did remind me that 
I have a recipe on the kitchen for chickpea nuggets, which look like a chicken nugget, but they're made with a can of chickpeas. Okay, Megan, you are not helping us. I was already, <laughs> I was already getting this hate mail. We'll put it. We'll put this it in the show notes. Tip okay, over the edge. Now let's just get to our emoji and sign off. <laughs> okay, it's time. We all right. Killed, it's we've time. Killed nuggets. We okay. killed nuggets. All right, Megan, your last three emoji. Talk to I me. I have to look. I have to look. Talk I'm sorry. to me. Talk to me. A fried egg, like in the pan, and an orange. Oh, you were breakfast texting someone. Breakfast texting, but also I recently like gave up coffee for a week to try and help me while I'm figuring out new anxiety meds. And how'd that work? (laughs) It was good. I just also felt tired. So now I'm back to my one cup of coffee a day. Okay. But it did introduce me to some new teas, which I'll share in the listeners group. Perfect. I have one I'm really excited about. That's like great afternoon tea and like making me really excited. Awesome. What are your top three food emojis for okay. the week? Okay. This week, it was a birthday cake, the pepperoni mm. pizza, and avocado. Wait, was it someone's birthday? Uh, it was my friend's daughter's birthday was this oh, week. Oh, fun. So fun. there you go. I must have wished her a happy birthday that's and then good. decided that I needed to eat pizza. Because it's a good week. Cold here. All right. <laughs> now that we have hopefully not ruined chicken nuggets for you, please find us as Did and I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group. The answer to the secret question is whiskey. Also, you can send your hate mail to hello at didn't I just feed you. <laughs> Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode because soon we're going to talk about hot dogs and barbecue sauce. Yeah. And if you we'll like when you, you hear, back. <laughs> and if you like what you hear, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us um, when you leave reviews, and we love to read every single one of them. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families. I think it's fun to talk about food. <laughs>